everybody. This is Lisa Nearing of True North Homeschool Academy with Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. I am so excited to have Vicki Tillman here with us today. Vicki is one of the seven sisters, seven sisters homeschool. I'll drop links in the show notes so you can find out where she's at. She is also a podcaster with the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and their podcast is Homeschool High School. Lots of great resources on there. And Vicki's been married for about 40 years. She has five adult kids, all of who she, she homeschooled all the way through, and they're all graduated from homeschool and functioning, nice, grown-up kids. Yeah, <laughs> I love that part. Um, and she is also a mental health counselor and um, therapist, and she does coaching, and she is a wealth of knowledge. Every time I've, I've heard her or listened to her or had a chance to interact with her, I've just come away enriched and encouraged and so I'm really excited to have her on the show today to talk about flexibility and adaptability. We kind of live in this age where it's a changing world. But before I get too much into that, just welcome to the show, Vicki. Thank you for having me, Lisa. I always love to talk with my fellow podcasters and all of our friends out there who are listening. Exactly. It's a fun world, isn't it? Yeah. So we're talking about flexibility and adaptability as a soft skill. And as a counselor and a teacher and a coach, you just, you kind of live in that world where you're helping people manage these, these crazy times in their lives and the crazy days in which we live. Yeah. What can you, what do you, how do you even approach this with people? Well, you know what, in, in my office, the hip word we use is resilience. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the buzzword, but I, I love the way as we were talking earlier, you were framing two angles on that resilience and one is flexibility. And one is adaptability. And I, I think that gives a kind of a timeline perspective. So I'm going to throw that one right back at you because your oh. explanation was, was absolutely usable. Yes, yeah. I can understand it. Yeah. I love it. Well, and flexibility, we talked about this in the previous show is just more short term um, changes that you would make and adaptability would be more long term changes that you would yeah. make or like they say in the military, improvise, adapt, and overcome, because it's not always that you're changing, but mm-hmm. you're, you're flexing and you're, you're kind of, you can do a go around or whatever. There's different ways to yeah. adapt and overcome and flex. <laughs> yeah. And resilience kind of ties that together is how to overcome setbacks or disappointments or failures in the present. And then also to adapt when the world changes and you didn't ask for it. Yeah. And we probably all, if you've been alive for more than like several days, (laughs) you've had some situation thrown in your lap. So tell us about just in your own homeschool journey, you've homeschooled for a long time and now you're really mentoring so many more young families as they're homeschooling. Mm -hmm. What's, what's one thing or two that you can share with our listeners about just to keep in mind as we homeschool and be no, yeah. Yeah. On, on the theme of, of flexibility and adaptability is the ability to jump back when there's disappointment and failure and to not be knocked down and stay down. Right. So, you know, when our, our kids are younger, um, the first times that they experience failure, if they don't have the encouragement to get back up and try again, you know, if a, if a failure is a catastrophe, you know, then they don't learn to adapt. And so, we, you know, as a homeschool mom, 
I tried anyway, there's none of us that have a perfect record, but to try not to be upset out of proportion if a kid makes a bad choice or bombs a test or, you know, is that co-op and does, you know, like acting out with the boys and, and co-op, that those aren't catastrophes. Those are things to learn from and get back up in, and uh, conquer it the next day. Right. We're so bombarded with these perfect images yes. of Instagram and Pinterest and how everything should look. Yeah. Um, like, and yet we, <laughs> I had my dishwasher fixes this week and I have this armband thing on and my kids are all gone. I, and my husband's working and my house is a disaster. And the guy said, don't you have any help? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, not really, actually. <laughs> but, you know, how do we, how do we get over the real life? the life that we all live, which is messy and, and yeah. has disappointments in it. It's hard to get over disappointment. How do, yeah. we just, how do we build that resiliency in ourselves and our kids? Yeah. And I think that's, it's harder in a way for us homeschool moms, because it feels like we have more eyes on us. Like we really, in order to prove the validity of the educational choice we've made for our family, our kids have to be practically perfect in every way. You know, a bunch of little Mary <laughs> Yeah. And, and we're just real moms and our kids are just real kids. And to have the grace to, you know, not have to mold ourselves to other people's stressors or expectations, but what God gives us the uh, strength to do in the moment. So that's, that's a, a big job. And it's taken me when I was a young mom, I was always stressed, you know, is my, is my mother going to turn me into social services, you know, for educating my kids at home? Cause she wasn't on board for the first few years. And so my kids, I would, you know, say, we've got to really do our best in homeschooling. And it, so it took a while for me to say, what we have to do is what's best for my kids each year and right. not what the, the um, pressures are from the outside. Yeah. So that, yeah. And to be able to rely on God for the grace, you know, if it doesn't look like practically perfect in every way. Yeah. How do you manage? You had five kids and. How do you manage the needs of every single kid and yourself and your home? And I mean, homeschooling is a job. You're, you're, you're a counselor. You have a professional life as well. You have a house and people to feed. How do you just have the resiliency to do all of it? I mean, I think that's just a big question for every homeschooler right? forever <laughs> through the ages of homeschooling. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, my my um, I have one son who teaches down the street from us. He's grown in a middle school teacher, so he was here helping me with the electronics a few minutes ago. And he is is the um, some of his stressors right today, right this moment, are a result of some of my educational choices and not being perfect. So uh, uh, when when he was born, he was a home birth baby, and it was the thing we did in those days. But we were the first ones, I think, in the state of Delaware when we moved up to Delaware to do that. So it took me a while to fight the state to give me a birth certificate. And um, and then I decided to homeschool my kids. And so I didn't have early school records except for their portfolios. Mm-hmm. And so now he's trying to get a passport. Oh. <laughs> and, and they don't like the fact that it took me two years to, to get the, the birth certificate out of Delaware and uh, and that we have portfolios instead of, you know, something official, you know, you know, doctor shop records don't exist after 29 years. Uh So, you know, if I was a perfect mom, 
I would have taken all four of my kids at that point and just camped out at the courthouse till they coughed up that birth certificate. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't live there at that time. So, you know, the, the resilience in, in our case right now is we just keep plugging and, you know, escalating the situation up until we get somebody to help us with the passport. So there's none of us that are perfect. One of the, the very best workshops I ever went to, our homeschool group would do these moms meetings way back in the day. Yes. And what, one of the local moms would just talk about the things that she's learned. And uh, so one of the moms was t- telling one day in her workshop that she can be a great mom or a great cook or a great housekeeper or a great homeschooler. She just can't do them all on the same day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's it, you know, that, that's what resilience is. That's how you adapt is today we're going to work on the house and today we're going to just do minimal on the school because we've got errands to run. And then the next day we'll work more on the school. So to be able to flow with what the needs are at the moment and not get all upset about it. And so really letting go of your ideal of the perfect kids, the perfect house, the perfect family, the perfect marriage, the perfect body. You just have to flex with what you've got. And it's, it's so much harder, I think, these days because we have Pinterest and everybody's blogs. And, and so in my day, we just have books to read about all these perfect moms and how to do everything perfectly. Yeah. Uh, so that's why, you know, we, my favorite quote in the whole world is anything worth doing is worth doing badly. <laughs> I love it. And I, I just, I run my life that way. GK Chesterton said that. And it is like, yes, you know, we can't do everything perfectly, especially when we have so many hats to wear. Mm -hmm. So if we moms learn that, that there are times where there's times where we're going to be perfect at something for a little bit, but there's a lot of like, we just got to do enough. Yeah. And that's, and that's fine. And as long as we are modeling the grace and the strength of God, then our kids in turn learn some flexibility and adaptability so that they can bounce back from the imperfections they have. Mm-hmm. Right. I I wanted to just go back and talk really quickly about disappointments because often we find out that our kids can't do something or they do something really wrong, but maybe we can't or really right, but maybe we can't resource them as quickly or as effectively as we want. But we all struggle with disappointments. And when we're homeschooling, it seems so up close and personal, doesn't it? It's like yeah, all yeah. right there. And so how do we as, how do we as even, we, how do we mature as, as Christian parents to get over our own disappointment, to encourage our kids through stuff that, that maybe either does happen that throws us for a loop or doesn't happen that throws us for a loop? I mean, yeah, yeah, that is such a good question. And it's something, I mean, that's real life for all of us. Almost every day, there will be something. So one of the things that I have learned over the years through homeschooling and and my work as a counselor is that we have to watch out for our laws of the universe. You know, we we come up and we don't mean to do this, really. um, But all of us tend to have things on how things must be. So, you know, I must be this great mom and my kids must be, you know, the, the kids that got a full ride to, you know, the best college in the state. And, um, you know, my kids must be the ones that get nominated for all these scholarships and all. Yeah. Um, 
And if those things don't happen, then we're mad at ourselves and God and everything else. So one of the things that, that I've learned is that, well, our, our seven sister Marilyn says this all the time. Um, God's God and we're not. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so we, we have to watch out for making up these laws that God is supposed to follow. Yeah. So if, if we notice this is what we would like, but we hold it loosely and we pray about it, but we let God make the determination on what's going to actually happen, then we can enjoy the day to day. And if we get the disappointment, you know, if things don't, you know, it breaks our laws, yeah. then we can say, okay, well, God must have a better idea and get up and, you know, try something else the next day. Yeah, that's, that is awesome. I love that. Watch out for the law, for our laws of the universe. That's, yeah. <laughs> I need God to has his that. rules. But, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. So how do you, we are entering a time, I feel like it's really like in this big flux time in the world where some of the rules don't apply anymore. Like your kids don't have to go to college to be successful financially and vocations are changing. And a lot of our kids are going to have multiple jobs. I mean, we're entering this kind of a gig economy. I've talked about this before where kids are independent contractors more than have one stable job that they have for 30 years and whatever. How do we train our kids to do um, multiple, you know, like for probably jobs that don't exist yet, to have yes. multiple jobs, multiple, um, I mean, like my son's in China right now, your son's getting a passport. I mean, our kids are going to probably be traveling more, working yeah. internationally, traveling, working internationally more, whether that's at home on the computer or traveling or whatever, any mm-hmm. great wisdom and insight about what we can do, um, as far as like how to train our kids to be really flexible and adaptable for what's ahead, because we don't even know what it is yet, do we? <laughs> right. You know, I, I've been around so long that my oldest son got his bachelor's degree in computer science when it was first a thing, you know. So in, in high school, he got his first computer, and it was the only one in the family. I don't even think there was an Internet then. I mean, we've been around for a while. And so, yeah, there was no way to know, you know, that someday he would be teaching for Stanford University's online high school program, and he designs computer games to teach his students logic. Yeah, he can't even make up that job. Yeah. And so, you know, he, but he learned to lean into the things that he liked mm-hmm. and develop his strengths. And then to, whether he liked it or not, stay on top of the market. How did he do that? Okay, wait, I want to make sure I get this. Learned, he learned to lean into the things that he liked. What mm-hmm. was the second thing you said? And develop his strengths. Develop his strengths. I love it. And then lean into the market. Okay. Yeah. And so what, what he found, you know, just using him as an example, is he really was interested in computers, but once he was studying that at college level, it wasn't the programming that he loved so much. Like he would not have lived life happily as a coder or something like that. Yeah. Um, he, he liked the ideas behind it and how it transfers knowledge. And so he, he was able to, in his senior year, um, do a pivot into philosophy. 
actually, he had a really good mentor there at the college who said, I don't know why you're in this. You're great at it. You know, you could earn a living, but you need to be a philosopher. So he got his... That's really a big change. Yeah. But he had to recognize that really his his strength was in the thinking process and the, the conveyance of knowledge. And so the computers were just a fun asset in making that happen. Oh. And so he, he went on, got a PhD in philosophy, and that led one thing to the other. But the computers wasn't lost because he, he develops these games um, that his students learn logic on. And that's it's really cute. So he had to be willing to listen to wise voices and who knew him and his strengths. But then when he was in the job market to recognize that in order to be hireable in a knowledge conveyance way, he needed to be hip. And so he, you know, that was, that was a thing. And, um, and so he started a podcast. And so he did for a couple of years a top 40 philosophy podcast about pop music and the philosophies behind it. And that was the open door. You know, that's what attracted Stanford to him. And so that's that knowing what makes you attractive in a market. You know, what's the cool thing right now? Yeah. And that, that takes a little bit of, you know, just Googling and finding out what's cool these days if, if you don't just naturally follow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of brilliant. I mean, that just hits on about every soft skill that we are going to talk about this year. <laughs> I mean, creativity, work ethic, critical thinking. I mean, you know, the creativity involved in what he did. Like, how do you find out what's hip? <laughs> yeah. Google, hey, what's up yeah. now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and, and really, you know, like, like if you read enough career exploration blogs, yes, you find little tips that people drop in, and you know, when that goes, like, yeah, that I can do that, whether yeah. I really want to or not, I can do that because it'll get me where I want to go. Right. So I, I'm not sure he got up in the morning and wanted to start a podcast, but he had fun while he was doing it and it got him where he wanted. And it sounds like a really fun podcast, actually. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah you can still find it on iTunes. It's one of those things, you know, based on different decades of time, what the pop music songs were and the philosophies behind those. things. I'm going to go look it up. My husband, he can, he's always singing these songs from the seventies, like verbatim. Yeah. He has this incredible auditory memory. And I'm like, is that what that song said? Like, <laughs> I didn't really understand what they were saying back then. But what, uh, so on your blog, do you really focus on career exploration as well at Seven Sisters? Is that yeah. something that you camp on? Okay, so that'd be a great blog for our listeners to go to, too. Yeah, if you go to the search bar there at sevensistershomeschool.com and just do career exploration, we have a gazillion blog posts on that. Because it is really my big passion is helping kids to know themselves well and believe in how God made them yeah, and how to, to know themselves well enough to explore what he may be doing next. Mm. And then I always give them the caveat, you, you never know what he's going to end up doing. It's your job just to be open and available to that. And uh, self-knowledge does help you be aware. You know, God doesn't waste things. Mm-hmm. If he gave you an interest or a gift, he, he is some way or the other going to use that at some point. Right. Wise words. What what books would you recommend for parents of junior, senior hires or even kids? Um, I know I'm just asking you this out of the blue, but anything okay. just jumped to mind about 
things that parents can really get a hold of as far as this goes, because it really is understanding yourself, but then being flexible to see how God's going to use it. Because we can probably both attest to the fact that we prepared for a lot of stuff and then God took us in some crazy direction, you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, We probably both have a ton of stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know, we, it's, I always tell moms that a mom's mind plans the way, but God directs the path. And uh, we we really, we don't know what the future is, but we can be a good steward with today as long as we're gracious about it. You know, none of us are perfect. Um, Yeah. I mean, shameless plug is one of the things that I did early on. Um, Actually, this came out of when I was in grad school because I went back to grad school when my number four kid that's getting the passport right now was a baby. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, you know, worked on my degree. And one of my projects I had to have was I had to develop a career exploration program for a target market. And since my oldest was entering high school, I, I and I was very active in the homeschool community and leadership, I knew what those kids needed. And uh-huh. so I, I developed that and we, we vetted it with those teens and we've been using it for years. So it's a career exploration, um, bundle there at Seven Sisters. Okay. Also, if you hop over to my coaching website, there's all kinds of freebie downloads for self-awareness. Yes. Um, and that's the, those are fun. We've got some freebies, too, on Seven Sisters. If you just look at um, career exploration, they are in the search bar. Um, my favorite parenting book for the teen years is kind of goes in that direction a little bit as far as grace and flexibility. And that's how to really love your team by oh. Ross Campbell. Yes. Okay. So that's been around for many decades, little skinny book, mm-hmm. but it's kind of the thing I raised my kids with because he did talk about grace and flexibility and the balance of what boundaries look with adolescents. Yeah. Because the thing with flexibility, we all want to be flexible Um, But we also, we don't want to be the kind of people who, you know, um, stand for nothing and fall for everything. And so with flexibility and adaptability, one of the key components of being really mature in that is knowing who you are and where your boundaries are. And if you don't, you're going to just really struggle because you'll be so flexible anything goes. Yeah. And really is is a, a kid who has no internal knowledge and knowing where they need to stop mm-hmm. is a kid that has more anxiety than necessary. Uh, yeah, that's a great way to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like kids are becoming more and more anxious. I mean, have you noticed that or is it just, oh, yeah. It, yeah. It seem like it's kind of an epidemic. Yeah. And that there's, you know, some of that is just our American FOMO culture. Um, yes. And that it just, that's just the way it is. And that's a good thing for us parents to understand is that they, they do live in a FOMO world and it's okay for them to miss out, mm-hmm. but it, they can't miss out on everything because then you're just mean. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> There's that fine balance again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we all need to be like balanced being experts. Yes. Um, yeah. The, the FOMO culture, that's, that's really, that's great that, we don't want to miss out either, though, do we? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. What do you yeah, think? yeah, it's well, you know, when you're really old like me, I don't care about missing out anymore. 
I really, it's, it's really, really nice to say, this is where I am. And this is how God made me and that I will never quit growing. And I, I screw some things up and I'm going to get some things done and I'm not going to get other things done. You know, the tension of, of, I, I, I am going to miss out on some things and where I am is also very good. Yeah. That's and awesome. A lot of years of growing though. Yeah. And just having that um, non-anxious presence of feeling that yourself, like where I'm at is okay, regardless yeah. of what else is going on in the world. It, it, that gets back to the soft skill of adaptability and flexibility too. Yes. Just, we're adaptable enough to change with the times and yet we're okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. One of, one of the most practical ways that helped me develop just being okay where I am is um, the discipline of doing a daily gratitude list. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, I mean, the Bible says a gazillion times, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. But to actually stop and write it down um, actually changes a soul. And if we make a discipline of it, I mean, you know, I don't know whether teenagers would get into it, but for me, um, to make that part of a daily routine, then through the day, I'm watching for things to be thankful for. So I have something to write down. I love and, it. Yeah. So that's, it's a lovely habit. Yeah. And that, that really gets back to it. write the vision, make it plain. The yes. key that holds it doesn't stumble. And that yes. if we're grateful, it just keeps us focused on no matter what else is happening. There yes. were good things today, you know, and, and, and we need to be really grateful for every single day. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the University of California did some really cool research on written gratitude lists, which I think is hilarious, you know, as a secular institution. Yeah. And they found that people who write a daily gratitude list actually have neural change. Like they, they can measure it on a PET scan. That, is that the coolest yeah. thing? That like, is the coolest thing. Wow. Okay, so if writing a daily gratitude list changes your brain. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So changes our soul, changes our brain. It's, it sounds like like God had a good idea when he told us to be faithful. Yeah, I love it. Any other wise words or thoughts you have, books, resources? Yeah. I love I love the books you mentioned and, of course, yeah. the writing yeah. a daily gratitude. Yeah, one, one of the things we did with our kids when they were at the high school level was let them watch movies that had bounce back in them. Ah, okay. Yeah. You know, the, the adapting and the resilience. And uh, I'm sure there's a whole bunch more that are current that I just, you know, I can't keep up with the, the current things. But a couple of my favorite ones that uh, my kids watched when they were teens was um, Secondhand Lions yeah. and um, Nicholas Nickleby. So Dickens, his books are just all full of bounce back, you know, adapting and resilience. Yeah. And uh, the, the latest version of uh, Nicholas Nickleby, which was probably in the 90s or two, early 200s, I don't remember. Um, anyway, it was just such a lovely presentation of that being adaptable yeah. in, uh, in a difficult situation. Very cool. I'm going to have to look that up. I haven't even heard of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, um, Vicki. Yeah. Anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? One last word or 
Uh, just hi from Seven Sisters and the Homeschool High School podcast. It's really fun to podcast together it, at the it, Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm trying I so know. hard to make the transition from radio to podcast because they changed the name. No, I'm it's struggling really myself. Hard. It is. It's such a great group of people. If you guys are looking yeah. for good podcasts, go to Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and find yeah. There's a lot of great stuff there. A lot of good stuff. Yeah. Vicki, thank you. It's always a pleasure. You have so much good stuff to share. I love chatting. Thanks. Thank you, Lisa. It's been fun. Thanks.